0: talking about fake news. Those fake news stories. Fake political news. The
1: impact of fake news.
0: Everybody's talking about fake news.
1: The problem is fake news is shared more than ever. Active misinformation and it's packaged very well and it looks the same when you see it on a Facebook page or you turn on your television.
0: Fake news. Of fake news on the internet, a threat to democracy. Facebook fights
1: back against an avalanche of fake news. Spread of fake news, fake news. Sixty-two percent of Americans get their news on social media, according to Pew Research. That fake news headlines fool American adults seventy-five percent of the time. York might have been looking
0: at more fake stories than real ones. Real or not real, or true, or not real. They're just looking to engage their users. If you look at that site and you think that that's a real news story. You know, I think that's on you.
1: I think everybody has at one time or another been tricked by one of these stories that is set out to deceive people. We're always going to have lies. We're always going
0: to have idiocies out there. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. I have to say, I'm not on Facebook every day, but when I'm on, I see a lot of these stories
1: that are sort of like, what? We as users have a responsibility, too. Before you pass something on, do you know what that's about?
0: What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be true anymore. So whatever responsibility you all have to to tell the truth, not just to be first, but to tell the truth, we live in a society now where it's just first. Who cares? Get it out there. We don't care who it hurts. We don't care who we destroy. We don't care if it's true. Just say it. Sell it. Fake is exhausting, isn't it? fake when it's in the news, when it's in our own lives, when it's someone's too picture-perfect online profile, uh, whether it's misleading marketing, or even our own bent to be less than genuine with uh, who we actually are. Fake is exhausting. And we live in a world where it seems to be on the radar, or we seem to be aware of this more and more, but it seems to not limit the amount of information and the amount of fake stuff coming at us. It seems like now that we're aware of it, there's even more of it. So how do you sort through it? Uh, You know, most of us desire to uh, live a genuine life even when it's not picture perfect, uh, we long for real news, real relationships, uh, a real understanding of who we are and where we're going. Yet this fakeness, this disgenuineness, this, this this covering up, just is just everywhere. And even for those of us who are Christ followers, it slides into our lives. Uh, we we want to present somebody who we're not. And even if you're not uh, a Christ follower, you wouldn't say, I'm a religious person. Uh, I just happen to be here today. It it still slides into your life. It's something that all of us have to deal with and all of us, in a sense, have to sort through. Uh, Jesus spoke to this when he said this in John uh, 8, 32. John records his words. If you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your life. The idea of embracing it holding on to it, living by it, being the truth in your life. And a lot of us uh, uh, know about embracing the truth intellectually, but we don't necessarily do it internally. Uh, We know uh, what the truth is when it comes to, um, let's say, health issues, you shouldn't eat this you shouldn't eat that we know that intellectually and maybe we were even suffering with the results of of not uh, you know eating healthily but, so we embrace the truth but it's it's not in our life it's not a part of who we are so when Jesus says embrace the truth he means hold on to it make it yours have it show up in your life this doesn't mean any of us are going to be perfect at this but we have to have an eye to the idea of embracing the truth adding it to the actual fabric of our daily lives. Um, Also, we have this idea that it will release freedom into your life. Uh, A lot of times when we think of anything biblical, scriptural, religious, whatever you want to call it, uh, we think that it limits life, that it closes in life on us. But Jesus actually says, no, the opposite is true. When you embrace truth, it releases freedom into your lives. Earlier on, where we were talking about uh, Financial Peace University, the concept behind that, and I think you heard it, is having guidelines, being intentional, having a plan that at first glance, glance, uh, glance might seem like it's limiting you, actually ends up freeing you, and it gives you peace. Bill and Lori talked about that. Others have talked about that, so understanding that as we look at all that's disgenuine, all that's fake around us. When we come to terms with what is accurate, what is true, and then we embrace it, it releases actually freedom into our lives. I mean, this, this week it's been crazy with, with fake news, and that's what we're going to be focusing in on uh, today. There's been lots of stuff uh, brewing out there and, and there's a danger when I get into some of this and I give you some examples because when I give you some examples, these examples for many of us are polarizing. So when I give you a fake news example or something that could be fake news or we really don't know, some of you politically are going to come down on one side versus another side and you're going to get stuck there. But, but this is for big people, this message, so you need to be able to park your polarization stuff, and try to get the process, even though you may not like the examples, or the examples may get you stuck. It may get you irritated. See through the examples, because it's all about trying to navigate this fake news stuff. I mean, this week, uh, you saw in this uh, fire and fury, and all kinds of things about President Trump, uh, some may be true, some may not be true. Some of us who uh, love President Trump are going, it's all a bunch of baloney. You might use other language. And then some of us who don't like President Trump would say, it's all truth. You, I've got to get that book. So somewhere in there, there's truth. But we get caught up with the fake news. We get caught up, we, we let our biases polarize us so we can't see. We can't see. It. So, sometimes when I get into these conversations about politics, everything President Trump doesn't do is 100% great, and everything he, he, he doesn't do isn't 100%, ba- is 100% bad. He, he, he's not perfect, and I'm not advocating for them or not, but I'm just saying I, I have conversations with people that they can't see one good thing and they can't see one bad thing. We get sucked into this. And then instead of that, uh, that freeing us, that actually limits us. And as Christ follows, we're going to see in a few moments, when we get caught up in this stuff, much more than our views are at stake. Um, this week, oh, this, this one even kills me even worse. I mean, there's, there's trouble in the Patriots camp. Or isn't there trouble? Or is there trouble? Or, I, I, who knows? But they just keep coming. It's just a game. But, you know, it just goes on and on and on. So, so as I give you some examples to try to open your minds... To say, have I succumbed to fake news ever in my life? I, I know, I know, I, I know. Most of you probably haven't, but but if you have, I I want you to see the process and not get stuck on the issue. And, and what I'm going to show you now is two or three minutes from a TED talk. Um, Mark Beeson, a pastor of uh, Granger Church, uh, put some of these ideas together. You'll see it in your notes. Even the opener bump, they, they, the bumper, they put that together. But, but what I want you to see is the issue they're going to talk about in this fake news, and this thing called circular news, some of you think it's true. Some of you don't think it's true. Don't get stuck in that. But see how it happens. please. Please.
1: There's a quote usually attributed to the writer Mark Twain that goes, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. Funny thing about that, there's reason to doubt that Mark Twain ever said this at all, thus ironically proving the point. And today the quote, whoever said it, is truer than ever before. In previous decades, Most media with global reach consisted of several major newspapers and networks which had the resources to gather information directly. Outlets like Reuters and the Associated Press that aggregate or re-report stories were relatively rare compared to today. The speed with which information spreads now has created the ideal conditions for a phenomenon known as circular reporting. This is when publication A publishes misinformation publication b reprints it and publication a then cites b as the source for the information it's also considered a form of circular reporting when multiple publications report on the same initial piece of false information which then appears to another author as having been verified by multiple sources for instance The 1998 publication of a single pseudoscientific paper arguing that routine vaccination of children causes autism inspired an entire anti-vaccination movement, despite the fact that the original paper has repeatedly been discredited by the scientific community. Deliberately unvaccinated children are now contracting contagious diseases that had been virtually eradicated in the United States, with some infections proving fatal. In a slightly less dire example, satirical articles that are formatted to resemble real ones can also be picked up by outlets not in on the joke. For example, a joke article in the reputable British Medical Journal entitled Energy Expenditure in Adolescents Playing New Generation Computer Games has been referenced in serious science publications over 400 times. User-generated content such as wikis are also a common contributor to circular reporting. As more writers come to rely on such pages for quick information, an unverified fact in a wiki page can make its way into a published article that may later be added as a citation for the very same wiki information, making it much harder to debunk. Recent advances in communication technology have had immeasurable benefits in breaking down the barriers between information and people. But our desire for quick answers may overpower the desire to be certain of their validity. And when this bias can be multiplied by billions of people around the world nearly instantaneously, more caution is in order. Avoiding sensationalist media, searching for criticisms of suspicious information, and tracing the original source of a report can help slow down a lie, giving the truth more time to put on its shoes.
0: Again, as we're talking about this thing, don't become polarized by the examples I give you. Look at the process and realize that that process is working against all of us constantly, this circular news. A number of years ago, I was preaching through the book of Jonah, and I found myself getting caught up in something like this. Uh, There was a story, I believe, in the account of Jonah. I believe he was swallowed by a a great fish. I I absolutely believe that. So as I was searching for information, I came about a story from like 1891 about a guy named James Bartlett. And he was a whaler, and he was on one of the longboats, and he was out doing his thing when the whale got out of control. And uh, he and his buddy, the Boat got capsized. His buddy, they found his body, he was drowned, and uh, they couldn't find him. They thought they just gave up for him. Well, about 36 hours later, they were processing the whale they had gotten, and when they opened up his stomach, there was James Bartlett. He was in there, and it was, and, and, it, it ended up going into the newspapers in like 1890 in the, in the summer and all of this kind of stuff. And so I come across this in some commentaries. I come across it online. And so I'm speaking about Jonah. And again, I totally buy into the concept that God sent a great fish, swallowed Jonah, and he was in that belly for three days, gets spit out. I, I totally believe that. So so I'm, I'm like looking at this. I go, this is great, this is fantastic, you know, this kind of proves what happened back then. So, you know, I am preaching, I'm doing my sermon, and people are like, wow, that's great. Some people have heard of the story, yeah, I would heard that, that's awesome, I, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Well, later on that afternoon, I get two emails from two separate people, two credible people, two people that are my friends, well-educated. One was a graduate from Dartmouth College uh, and uh, just well-educated, and they started to nicely—they did this nicely—show me that there was incredible amount of evidence that this never ever happened. There—it was—it was really a legend. And there was so much evidence that even the ship that was that this James Bartlett was supposed to be on was in a different place in the ocean where they said it had happened. Uh, somebody went back and found the register and found out that he this James Bartlett wasn't even on the ship that was there. It just on and on and on and on and on. It was fake news. You see, sometimes there are these, especially in Christian circles, there are these legends... That that sounds really good. And there are these legends that are possible. And we grab a hold of them without investigating them. And then we get stuck with them. And then what what's hard about this, what I think is one not the bottom line for the message today, but 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 the but bottom line is is then, especially if you're a Christ follower. Your credibility gets tied to that fake news. So let's just say at Center Point Church that Sunday, nine, ten years ago, there was someone who was a real skeptic. Maybe you fit that place. And they come in, and they go, oh, the story about Joan, I don't really buy in it. I think it's more allegorical. And, and all of a sudden, I pull out this, this real-life story from 1891 that is not, that's not verified, really. It actually has counter uh, news on and it. And I bring it out, and I bring it out to them. And, I, and, and they listen to it, and they go, oh, I didn't know that. And then they get on their computer, and they go, wait a minute, that ship wasn't there, wasn't there. Even the spouse of this James Bartlett didn't uh, didn't actually, that family, there's an article where that family wrote some of the newspapers in the United States, because it was all over the newspapers in the United States that this had happened, wrote those newspapers looking for the story because they wanted to kind of put it in their, their um, family book, you know, that this had, that this had happened because it really hadn't happened, but they just thought it was funny. And um, so this person comes out and then they go, you know, all those other things that Dave said about God and caring and, and all this kind of stuff, you know, I really don't buy into that and You know, he quoted that fake story, so I think it's all fake. And it gives him an easy way out of not grabbing on to a faith that I think does change our lives. So we've got to be very, very careful about this. Because it's obvious, again, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. So we need to be careful and it's so easy for us to tag a name, like a thing, and all of a sudden now we're tied to that. And all of a sudden some friend who might be a skeptic or some friend you're trying to point in the direction of Christ because if, if, if you may even be here and you're going, yeah, I'm a skeptic and, uh, you know, oh, this is what they're doing. It's because we think God is such a big deal that, that we give our life for that. So if there's a person like that you're trying to point, not jam it down their throat, but just make them aware and you tag yourself to all this erroneous, fake, crazy stuff, and some stuff may be truth, it's hard to weigh down. All of a sudden, when the true message of the good news gets presented, it gets thrown in with all that craziness, and it gives them intellectual traction to say, they believe that weird Jonah story? They thought that happened? It really didn't happen, but they're presenting it as its truth. This other stuff must be the same as that, and you've just lost your credibility. So now, how, how does this? How does this happen? Psychologists come up with all these kinds of things. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not aware of this, but there's, there's five ones that I thought I could explain to show how we can be, in a sense, prone to some of these biases when it comes to some of this fake news, um, how that that works in our lives. And, and the first one under this is this idea of the bandwagon effect. And, and what this is about is just because so many other people are doing it, then I do it. And, and it, we just get on the bandwagon. Um, somebody's doing ABC, and, and well, I don't know, it doesn't make sense, but, but everybody's doing it, so then you do it. That's some of the thing that happened back in, what, uh, when we had the financial crisis, right, and people were remortgaging their houses more than they're worth, and it's just going on and on. And all of a sudden, everyone feels, the, finds out that they're, they're top-heavy, now they got a problem. They've got a mortgage that they owe more in their house than their house is even worth, but everybody was doing it. We all got on the bandwagon. The banks got on the Everyone got on the bandwagon. They just kept doing it, doing, doing, all of a sudden, the bottom falls out. And there are things in life, if we're not discerning as a Christ follower, you need to engage your brain. Please, please think. God made you with a brain. He made you to think. He made you to understand these things. So there are times where even in our smaller Christian circles, we get on a bandwagon, and it's not accurate. We got to watch out for that, because again, as I said earlier, something else is at stake. There's also this idea called loss aversion. If someone presents an idea that says you could get $100, or you could lose $100, most of us, most of us, our loss, have this loss aversion. So if there's in the concept, you could lose, we, we 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 don't go down that road. Or we own it, or we think, yes, 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 I, I agree with that, because you could lose money. Most of us aren't the other way around. So when ideas and concepts and news and all of this is presented, and there, there's a lost possibility, because you and I, most of us, are versed to being... In deficit, we won't, we will we'll hold you. If you do this, this, will, this could happen, you could really lose. And then, then, we, then we just grab a hold of it. We're, we're prone to do that. Also, this idea of framing and priming. And it's just the way things are presented. And now I may get in trouble, Guy may be inaccurate about this. I tried to find out a little bit more, but I was watching the news. I try to watch um, um, a few news sources. I listen to uh, Fox, and I also NBC a lot, and I also have a read up on the British broadcasting, because I like to see how they look at it from a non-American view, and you see different things. But, but, it, but it's amazing how you listen to Fox, and they present and frame it completely different. You listen to NBC, they frame it completely different. Sometimes stories don't make it on either network, and they're not. neither are 100% accurate. Neither are. Yet some of us say, this is my only source for news. Well, then you're getting sucked in to this whole concept. Uh, just the other day, and, I, and this weekend, uh, some of you may be aware of this, uh, some of the leaders from Congress and the Senate and were with President Trump at uh, Camp David and they are working on some things. And on one of the news things, here, some of the cabinet members were there, but my understanding is not all of the cabinet members were there, just some. Secretary of Defense, maybe a couple others. But it was interesting, on one of the liberal, more liberal news things, it said, and just so you know, Attorney General Sessions is not there. That's framing and priming. Because not everybody wasn't there, but they were making it an issue. They are kind of continually raising up questions about Sessions, whether there should be questions, not questions. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is how that stuff works. And then all of a sudden you're watching you just go, ooh, there really must be something up because uh, Sessions, the attorney general, isn't going to be there. Oh, wow, that must be. It may be or may not be. But they framed it up that way and they primed it up that way. And if we're not careful, we'll fall into those kinds of things. As Christ falls, we're supposed to be engaged and understand these these kinds of things. There's also this um, group favoritism the group you belong to, what you favor, where you travel. It's a little bit um, more narrow than being on the bandwagon. Um, Let me just show you an example of this because some of you are gonna love this and some of you it's gonna give indigestion to. This gives me great indigestion. Guess what I just got.
1: Hello, guy. Okay. <laughs> that's a big phone. With all of your conniving, you lost your charm. Ah. Ah. You ah. built a flame at a world's heart. But you're lying and cheating
0: has <laughs> a us
1: you got to sell me that pig.
0: that is so wrong that is fake news right there for you boy oh boy gives me indigestion just seeing that commercial it's apple 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 not android 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 it's our bias it's it's our in-group favoritism who do you travel with a lot of times, I, I've, you know, I, you know, I've traveled with the Apple crowd, and it's like Apple, 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 and then all of a sudden, this Android person, ooh, ooh, PC person, ooh, ooh, you know, it's it's it's, it's all in group favoritism. If one was a complete failure, it wouldn't exist. That's why they don't sell Yugos in the United States anymore. It does not, it does not work. <laughs> right? So, never quote me on this, okay? But uh, but that's the reality. We need to understand that. Then also there's this idea of confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. We we like to hang out with people that confirm our point of view. And to some degree in Christian circles, I'm going to say that's why we have community groups to kind of have people traveling in the same direction. There's There's a positive piece of that. But there's also a negative piece of that. It's dangerous when all your behavior is is confirmed by just a small group. All your ideas and your concepts, it's broader than that. You notice that Jesus didn't just travel with a holy huddle. He was out there. He was with others. And, and, And we need to watch out for that. We need to engage uh, there's been times where I've had decisions that I need to make, thoughts, and I've gone to people that I know are on the same page as me, because I want them to confirm the direction I already want to go. That's 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 dangerous. When when someone comes up to me after a sermon, probably won't be this one, comes up to me after a sermon. That's great. I've always thought those things. That's good. That's good on one level, but I don't want you to always just think the way you already think, because if your thinking was totally accurate, you've arrived. You don't need to think about anything. You don't need to digest. So sometimes confirmation bias just, just, uh, you know, just, is just there. And then when somebody outside of that bias brings something up, a lot of us are defensive, angry, and sometimes I want to say, are our views so weak that we can't listen to another side? because it will rock our world and all of a sudden we won't hold that position anymore. If that is the case, then you need to think those things. Um, Then there's some people that just like to to push people's buttons and be that one outside person. I love this guy. Not the teams, but I love this guy. You
1: cannot wear a reader's jersey to my family's Christmas dinner.
0: commercial. <laughs> Bias. You see, a lot of times when we think about fake news, we think about those people out there. They're they're advocating it, they're encouraging it, they're creating it, and we don't realize that some days we get suckered into it too. Some days we're actually a part of it. Some days we're actually creating it ourselves. And there's a lot at stake. A lot at stake. Because truth does matter. Truth matters. Truth matters. Truth spiritually, obviously, I'm going to say matters. But it, but it has ripple effects beyond what we would say is biblical, scriptural, uh, faith-based. It, it, it's, it's beyond that. You see, truth matters. Paul writes this, keep a sharp eye out for those who take bits and pieces of the teaching that you've learned and then use them to make trouble. Watch out for that. Now he's talking in the context of the Roman church. He's writing to the Romans. But But it has ripples beyond that. We all should have a sharp eye as we're hearing these concepts that are teaching us and indoctrinating us, and really be able to figure out where they, where they fall. And it causes trouble. It causes to divide us. It causes us so that we can't move towards a, towards a common goal. This happens in small local churches. This happens in communities. And this happens in countries. You know, giving, give these people a wide berth. Give them room. Stay away when they're actually causing all of this. They have no intention of living for our Master Christ. They're only in this for what they can get out of it. Uh, sometimes, like uh, you know, we heard on that opener. It's it's not about the truth of the story. It's about being first with the story. The truth doesn't matter. I want you to be smart. Make sure every good thing is. The real thing, good thing, is a real thing. Sometimes, like that story about Jonah, that was a good story. If it was a real thing, that would have been a great story. It would have been a great account. But it wasn't. And because it wasn't, it isn't, it it caused new problems. It caused greater problems. Got to have been sucked into this fake news good thing, that is real thing. Don't be gullible in regard to smooth-talking evil. Now, evil may seem strong, but when we see some of the results of this, it really uh, brings evil into our world and into our life. Now, what are some of the reasons for this? Uh, first of all, uh, people are ravenish for stories. They're, they're hungry for stories. We all like a good story. We even almost all like a story that's good, even if the truth is absent, because a lot of times the normal rhythm of a story without some great little wah wah wahs in there, some salacious stuff, some whatever stuff, is boring and we don't want to watch it. Uh, You wouldn't want to make a reality TV show out of my life. It's basically boring. I have one wife, I have three kids. We're not perfect, but we kind of go through the motion, and you know, we don't have huge crazy things happening in our life. It, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't make for a good, whoa, what's the next chapter? It'd be like the next chapter is the same as the last chapter. But people want ravenous stories. Proverbs speaks about get the facts at any price and hold on on hold on tightly to all the good sense you can get. Don't let the, the wow, the, the sensationalism of something get you caught up. We all want stories. That's the reason we love Facebook. Those of us, you know, every second, kind of guilty of it myself, you know, phones on the table, maybe it will vibrate or something. Oh, let me check. might be an important text message. It's dinner time. might be an important text message. And all of a sudden, so I see that. No, not important. But, oh, Facebook just came. Oh, I didn't know that just happened. Yeah, you know, we're looking for stories, so we have to, we're, we're predisposed. We have an Achilles heel to stories. More, that's the way we're, we're run. And, th- and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. That's the reason I had Bill and Lori up here. So was just Fred and I. They had a story to tell. It was an accurate story, right, Bill and Lori? I think so. <laughs> it wasn't a fake news story. But, but, but you leaned into that because it was a story. See, see, we're ravenous for stories. There's a good side to that, but there's also uh, we're also vulnerable in a sense. Um, use your voice wisely. Use your voice wisely. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. Everyone enjoys. Who 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 are these? Everyone's not only the person hearing it, but the person giving it. I don't know about you, but when, when, when I give a fitting reply, I feel, I feel good about that. I want to help somebody. I, I want to point them in a direction. Offer them some counsel, some advice, whatever it may be. So, so the person presenting the truth, a fitting reply, takes some pleasure in that. But also the person hearing it takes pleasure in that. It's a wonderful to say the right thing, At the right time. In 1 Peter 3.11, we get into this a little bit more. We're going to move quickly through this. But if you want to look at an actual Bible and a paper Bible, uh, you can find this passage on page 851. If you're looking for a paper Bible, please feel free to take that Bible as a gift from Seneca Community Church if you want that. Uh, also, while uh, we advocate that the idea of a electronic Bible on your phone, U versions a great one for that. You can download it; it's free. It's a free app, so so you can actually have that in your own in your own hands. Because again, with all this true stuff, I, I don't want to be the broker in between. I, I want you to be able to go to it yourself. So we look over at First Peter. We read this: Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Sometimes, sometimes to not get caught up in fake news puts you on the out. I'm not talking about you being arrogant. I'm not talking about uh, you being, uh, you know, pushing people's buttons, uh, you know, just to, be, just to be in there. But sometimes there's things where you've got to say, wait a minute, that's not Right? Or, or even maybe softer, that doesn't make sense to me. Explain it to me. How'd you come to that conclusion? Why do you think that way? I'm interested in that. You know, don't put someone on the defensive. And, and sometimes they're gonna give you a response and you're gonna find out that you're out of line. You, you're not getting it. So, so, you know, enter into it that way with humility. But, but sometimes just because you do that, you know, you find yourself on the other side of stuff goes on but in your hearts revere christ as lord so it's not revere him function in your life that he is your master if you're a christ follower this is the way we follow he's our lord and savior we 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 function this way if you're not i don't expect you to revere him as lord because he's not your lord and 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 i hope someday he may be but but i'm not putting that on you because that's that's not your deal But for the person that says he's my Lord, then then it is your deal. It's my deal. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Goes on to say, keeping a clear conscience, because when I don't do this with gentleness and respect, when I'm not prepared to give an answer, it should bother my conscience. Because... Jesus said, I'm the truth, the life, the way. If he's truth, if we follow him, and that's a big deal with him, then it should be a big deal with us. For on his team, what's important to him is important to us. So if we're not, if we're a part of the fake news problem, even when, when uh, we like the story because it kind of like strengthens our position, but it's really not real, uh, you know, it, it's, it, we shouldn't have a good conscience about that. Keep a clear conscience so those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. This doesn't happen too often in Christian world. Sometimes we as Christians are so unkind, there's no gentleness and there's no respect, that uh, someone slanders us and it doesn't affect their conscience because, because we aren't kind, we aren't gentle, we aren't that way. We, we get what we deserve in a sense. But wouldn't it be better for someone, maybe they won't even admit to you, maybe it's somebody at work, maybe it's somebody in your family, and you're trying to follow Christ, and you're doing it with gentleness and respect, and, and they may not like hearing what you say, but deep down inside, they realize your intentions are good. Deep down inside, they realize that you're not malicious. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? Not not to stick it to them, but so that they're thinking about it. And every once in a while, one of those people that's in that place, the light will go on, their pride will dissipate, and they'll say, you know, I still don't get all this stuff, but I know it's real in your life. I see it showing up in your life, and you're not malicious, even though I give you a wicked hard time. And, and there's something to it. It gives credibility. See, that's what that's what Peter's talking about here. For it is better, it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. You know, we, we, none of us none of us like to you know get in trouble for doing something bad, <laughs> even when we deserve it. But what about when we do something good? Uh, when we when we get a punishment that we deserve, when we get the speeding ticket because we were speeding, you know, that's, that's, we deserve that. I deserve that. But when we do something right and we take heat and take pressure for it, it's a whole different thing. So with all this, real quickly, we need to use our voice wisely. When we think about using our voice wisely, that means sometimes we don't use it, sometimes we do use it, We need to be very intentional. Some of us say we don't say anything because it was the wrong time, but it's really because we're a little bit cowardly. Uh, Sometimes we, you know, say something when we shouldn't have said anything, and it was a little bit arrogance because we wanted to be proud and say say our our idea without gentleness. You know, you can can figure that out in your own heart. Uh, You know, again, we need to anticipate the question. Um, Just this week, you know, I dropped off a... A couple uh, invite cards to to this series to to someone and, and i knew i was going to be seeing them i want to go into all the details but but before i went in i anticipated a conversation i actually prayed a little bit and said lord you know first of all i was going to someone's store i was hoping it wasn't going to be mobbed in there so it was awkward for the guy that i was giving it to I wanted to have like a quiet moment with him say hey you know and if, if that was to be i wanted i wanted to be in the right and so i anticipated the scenario not just the question and i walked into it and 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 it, and it went really well he was alone and we had this nice little conversation and, and it worked well uh, anticipate the question do, do you even think about that do you think when you're traveling in your world that if you're really following Christ and living these things out, there there might be some questions about why you have hope, and we li- seem to live in a in a hopeless world. And I hope people see that in you. Uh, along with this is don't wait, waste your voice. And this is really one I want to tie into the whole idea of this fake news uh, on Facebook, especially. I'm that's the only one I do right now. I know I should be on what's instant snapchat, whatever those, you know, I've, I'm on something else that, that if you ever try to like, I don't know, it's probably not called friend me, but connect with me. I never say yes because I'm never on it, but it's connected to my Facebook. But anyway, so, so you, you know, but, uh, but with all this stuff, I don't want to waste my voice. I don't want to tie myself to something that might be accurate, might not be accurate. It's fake news, because I want when I speak about the hope that's within me, when I'm prepared to give that answer, I don't want those weird concepts to cloud someone else's response to what I say. Every once in a while, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, I'll, I'll share what I got out of my devotions in the morning. I call it a conversation with God. And, and then when someone who's, who, who, who has no use for that, but still is a little curious what this crazy Dave Spencer's thinking about God, I, when they read through that, I don't want them going, oh yeah, he also has this weird political view. He has this weird view about this, weird view about that. So that's why all this other stuff is so weird. I don't want them tying that to that. So I try to not waste my voice. Well, sometimes I post funny things and that kind of thing, and hopefully that's not wasting my voice, but uh, I don't want to waste my voice. I, I want to know what's important, which kind of goes along with that. Know what's important to voice. Well, what's important to communicate? I don't want to promote fake news. I don't want to promote something that I like that it sounds right but isn't accurate, like the Jonah story. I, I want to I be very cautious about that. I want to be very aware of that. First one who tells their side of the story seems right until cross-examined by their peers. I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to wrap things up, and now everyone's going, "Oh, it's going long." Um, Eugene Peterson. I don't know if you know who that is. He he is the one who translated, paraphrased, whatever you want to call it, the message. About six months ago, someone interviewed him, and he's in his 80s, and he, he's I don't want to say he's starting to lose it, but 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 he isn't always as accurate And this, in this, well, no, no, not well-meaning journalist tried to get him to say something controversial. And he did. And immediately, once that went public on Facebook, it was burning it up. Oh, Eugene Peterson said this. Eugene Peterson, and it was because some people were predisposed to not liking him. And it was amazing, all these people like it, forward it, share it, you know, all this stuff. The next day, he came out with a statement that disavowed what had been quoted the next day. I mean, I mean, disavowed it. Some people said, oh, it's because he didn't want to affect his royalties. If, if you know Eugene Peterson, he lives in this little cabin in, like, Minnesota, someplace like that, gives all his money away because he doesn't, you know, he, he does not want to be that that guy. So it wasn't money. So so that, to me, wasn't an accurate thing. But what was interesting, all... My Christian friends that broadcasted his bad answer to a situation never went, hey, did you hear this other story? It wasn't true. All those friends of mine were a power of communicating fake news. Not a good thing. Again, think before you jump. Some truth is more important than other truth. Some truth is more important than other truth. In Christian circles, you know, you have to understand this. I'm in a lot of Bible studies. I talk with a lot of people. Spiritual things come up, and they're not always accurate. But because we're in a dialogue, because we're in a question, if it isn't a concept that's going to send them to hell, if it's not a concept that's going to... um, Cause them to uh, ruin their life. There are times I just don't deal with it. I just it's not important. We're talking about something else important. Sometimes it gets someone gets a book of the Bible and a story totally wrong, and I just I, I know what they're saying. I get it. You know, I just don't just don't. You know, not like every single thing, because some truth is more important than others. And, and this may get me in trouble. It's not. I'm not saying that truth isn't important. Uh, sometimes when I think about preaching. I have 46 Sundays a year, roughly, to speak. Average person's here maybe two and a half times a month. So it gets it down to everywhere from you know, 12 times a year. So I have 12 opportunities, 48, somewhere in between. So, so when I choose and think and pray, I usually go with the truth I think is more important. Not that other things aren't important, not that I'm not concerned about eschatology and end times and all that kind of stuff but I think there's some other things that kind of like trump that a little bit at least in in my everyday life and so we have to understand that some truth is more important than other truth so in this whole kind of preparing our answers what we're talking about how we're interacting uh, you know know, we we need to think that through we need to understand that I'll just go right along forget that so what, what I want to say real quickly is there's, there's open hand truth, which is the truth that's important, but I'm not going to make it a big deal all the time. Talk about this, uh, you know, um, don't jump over jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Treat them gently. Uh, you, you know, there's, there's sometimes where I'm in situations, and, and you probably are too, where you know the scenario much better than another person, and they got it all wrong. And and you know what's not good? It's going to be counterproductive to kind of like put them in their place and say, you know, you, you don't even you don't know the history behind that. You don't know this. There's there's sometimes where it's open hand truth. There's there's other things that need to be discussed. So you don't you don't deal with that. If you've ever trained a child to do anything, sometimes just they're five steps away from really perfecting it, but you're dealing with one step, two steps, and you know, and they're and they're kind of getting those. They get step three and four wrong, but you just don't deal with it because you're dealing with one and two. You're, it's open-handed truth. And I'm not going to take time to read through these passages. You can do it on your own. And, and then and there's also this idea of, of closed-fisted truth. There, there's the things that, yes, will interrupt someone's relationship with God. There's the things that, that will not put them on the path to knowing Christ. In Galatians, Paul talks about that. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again that we have said this before. If anyone preaches other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. The idea is that there are concepts. Some of us are very familiar with this passage. It says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That would be a closed-handed. There's there's not a plan B. We think this is Jesus' words. We believe this is Jesus' words. So that wouldn't be an open-handed. That'd be a closed. You get the idea. So when we're thinking about this fake news, yes, it's hard to sort through it. If you really want to sort through it, you're going to have to be a student of it. You're going to have to look at different sources. You're not going to be able to make snap, instant decisions. So if you're not that kind of a person, then I would be weary about jumping on the bandwagon with some of these things. Because again, as I said earlier, there's one thing that's that's more at stake than anything else. And that's that when you tie yourself to a fake news story, you're tying your complete self off into that fake news story. So then it's just not your political views, it's just not your sports views, it's just not your whatever views. It's actually your spiritual views. And, and I don't want someone not listening to the fact that I close fisted believe that Jesus is the only way because they've heard some political view that I totally agree with, but it's it's out there. I don't want them, I don't want that to be a distraction from the more important thing. So our bottom line as we begin this series is this. Fake news should be replaced with good news. Fake news should be replaced with good news. And that goes farther beyond than your expressing it. It also includes our living it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just... Uh, should we? We're thankful that you give us guidance, but this whole fake news thing is a hassle, honestly. It's a lot. We get caught up and tripped up with it. But I pray that you'd give us a keen awareness of it. And so that your message, the good news message, would not be distracted, watered down, colluded, uh, just uh, made into mud because we've tied ourselves so much with fake news that the good news gets lost in it. Help us to be a people that, with gentleness and respect, replace fake news with your good news, not only with our postings, not only with our likes, not only with our words, but the way we actually live. We ask all of this in Jesus' name.